Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. I'm Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Together, we're the founders of Good Egg Investments and creators of the Real Estate Accelerator. We help real estate investors and syndicators build their brands, find the right investors for their deals, and scale their businesses so they can do more and bigger deals. We believe that everyone has the power to make an impact through raising capital and helping people achieve financial freedom through real estate. We invite you to join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can amplify our impact together. We know you're going to love this episode. And hey, be sure to stick around to the end of the show because we're going to reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing real estate podcasts on the planet. Ready? Let's go. Welcome back, friends, to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Dickerson, and today I'm thrilled to introduce you to Quentin D'Souza. Quentin, how are you today? I'm awesome. Thanks for having me, Annie. Absolutely. Uh, So start, Quentin, by sharing with our listeners how you got into the whole real estate space in the first place. Oh, that was a long time ago. So back in 2004, I was uh, I got started uh, buying just a pre-construction house. Nothing, you know, too uh, extravagant. It didn't get constructed for a while, and I sold it. And um, I was like, "Wow, this is really good. I made money." And I just I didn't even live in it. I didn't even like rent it. Like I just you know, sold it. And then I, um, 2008, like I was kind of watching the market in 2008. I was like, okay, this, this is the right time. So I, um, I started to do three, four houses a year. Um, I started to get into duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, and kind of built my portfolio. And in uh, 2013, I left my job as a teacher. So I was a teacher for 20 years and I have a master's in education. I was actually um, going, I was being groomed to get into administration. So mm. I had my principal qualifications and I was going to do that, but, uh, real estate had, had called me out. I had done a whole bunch of other things and tried like some small businesses and different things. And I just found real estate was, was something that I really enjoyed and, uh, I was good at it. Um, I left my, uh, teaching, uh, position. And then in 2014, I started uh, working as a full-time real estate investor, flipped a dozen houses, did rent to owns, wholesale, a whole bunch of different stuff. And then in 2015, I figured out that I had quit my job and I had really taken on another job. And so uh, (laughs) I I started, um, I started buying apartment buildings in 2015 Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, started with a small six unit and have built my way up. Now we're about 400 units, approaching 400 units, 17 apartment buildings, uh, buying them with partners. And, you know, uh, usually there's a a 50% ownership with myself and 50% ownership with my partners. I don't do prep returns. I don't do anything like that. I've got a long track record and, you know, that's what what I do. And that's what I've been doing full time since 2015. Wow. Well, I can only imagine that teaching and real estate investing, even though they seem very different, 
probably have more in common than most people realize. I think teaching is so much about you know, figuring out other people's needs and figuring out where they are and then taking these complex processes and really breaking them down so that people can understand and helping them to move from where they currently are to where they want to go. So I'm sure that there's a lot of commonalities. Do you find that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're trying to educate people on, first of all, the benefits of, of investing in real estate, but also um, just educating them on the different strategies. Like we, like I focus on existing uh, apartment buildings and repositioning the assets. So educating them why it's important, you know, looking at cap rate, comp- like uh, all of those things are part of the education process. I also have written like four books on, <laughs> on real estate investing. So, um, you know, th- that's all part of my teach. Like I, I never stopped being a teacher. I, I want to say that I, like I continue to be a teacher, but it translates well into what I'm doing. Uh, it just explaining to people what I do and how I do it. And that really helps them to know, like, and trust me, which is, you know, the key of, of taking on partners and working with people. So yes, I definitely translates well. Absolutely. And so tell us a little bit more about that transition point. A lot of our listeners or a lot of people I talk to, you know, they're at that cusp of wanting to get into apartments, wanting to syndicate, wanting to create their own business, but maybe they're not quite ready yet, or they're not quite confident enough, or they're waiting for X, right? So how did you know, and how did you make a plan for that transition? Were you just, were you just like, okay, I'm just going to go buy something or did you have a plan in place? Tell us a little bit more about that. Like, are you talking about the transition between the first property or transition between like leaving my job and, and going full time? Like, real yeah. Estate? So tell us about that part first, um, leaving your job and going full time into real estate. And then tell us about going from all the various things you were doing, wholesaling, flipping, all that stuff, and really zeroing in on um, apartments. Yeah. So, I mean, if I think back to 2013, 14, like I, my kids were really young. I have a 17 year old and 14 year old. And and back then, you know, they were, you know, a lot younger than that. So uh, it was, it was definitely like a different like experience having five-year-old and two-year-old. I felt like I had a full-time job and then I had another full-time job as a, as a, as a father. And then I had another full-time job as a real estate investor. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, those, those few years between 2008 and 2013, I want to say were like very, like I, I worked really hard, but I was doing something that I felt that if I did now, I would see the benefit for years, you know, afterwards. And, and it truthfully, it did happen like that. Um, but it was, it was really a challenge at the time. I, I felt, you know, that there was a lot of work transitioning out of my my job in 2013 i really had enough funds from my portfolio in order to quit but i never did i what i did was i actually banked my paycheck and i used our our income from the real estate portfolio in order to to live and so mm-hmm. i did that for a whole year before i mm-hmm. actually quit i probably like in retrospect i should have just quit earlier but it's <laughs> you know I, with the young kids and 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 yeah. i just felt that it wasn't the right thing to do yeah. but then when i proved the model 
I had the support yeah. of my, you know, my, my wife and she was mm-hmm. like, yeah, this works. Okay. You know, go for it. And I, and then that's what I did. And then um, I took a break for about two weeks and I got really, really bored. And then I got into a whole <laughs> bunch of other strategies, which basically meant like, I guess I didn't really see the difference between being employed and self-employed. Right. And what I had done was by doing the flipping strategies and wholesaling and lease to owns, what I had done was I created, I was a self-employed person. I was transactional. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I, when I moved to apartment buildings, what I found was I created my, my, my financial freedom, which was through Mm -hmm. the, you know, those one to four units, but really all my net worth gains started to come from the apartment buildings. So when I, when I got into the apartment buildings, I really got into, um, you know, larger jumps in net worth. And then what I found out was that after a couple of years of owning an apartment building, you get net worth and you get cash flow. Like all of a sudden (laughs) you can, you refinance the the building. Right. Uh, So I, I refinance and, and then continue to own the assets, right? So I would refinance, I'd get a big chunk of money and then I would be able to use those funds, but also the the rents would have gone up on my asset as well as the, uh, I've taken advantage of cap rate compression. And um, usually, you know, over, if you can think back from 2008 or 2015, even to, to today, you know, interest rates have gone down. Right. And so I was able to take advantage of that. So my actual cash flow in the buildings went way up, even though I was refinancing and pulling funds out. And um, so I was able to do both with those apartment buildings. And now with 17 apartment buildings, you know, it's just, it it really is uh, uh, life changing when it comes to that. So I, you know, and I really advocate that everybody should have real estate in their portfolio, not, not just like your principal residence, but a, a real estate asset. And, you know, um, if you don't want to do all the work, there are so many people out there that can, you know, be the uh, active partner, the GP, and you can be an LP and still take advantage of the, the benefits of, of owning real estate without having to be involved in the day-to-day. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that there's lots of opportunities for people to do that. And the more that people can take advantage of that, don't get stuck one one thing and one piece of advice I, I want to say is don't get stuck on trying to be the GP on everything. <laughs> like don't mm-hmm. you don't you, you don't have to be the captain of the ship to take a great trip, you know, with real estate. You can you can be a passenger and still enjoy it and still benefit from it. So, you know, anyways, there's there's a lot in there, but there it was there was a lot of transition that happened and um and it was fun, you know, and I, I got to say that doing all that other stuff really has helped me in the larger apartment buildings, just because I, like, I realized how much relationships are important. Um, you know, my, my reputation is really like something that I, I hold dearly and, you know, I'm, I'm very well known in my market and, you know, I, and I do find opportunities that other people don't. And I, I've never bought an apartment building off the MLS. Like it's just never <laughs> happened. Right. Um, just because of relationships, pocket listings, you know, um, connecting with uh, apartment building owners, 
you know, people will bring me deals because they, they know of me or they heard of me in my area. So it's, it's very, Mm -hmm. uh, very cool and, and neat to see. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you've really scaled your business over the last several years. And so for the, the listeners who may be um, puzzled and thinking, wait a second, 17 apartment buildings, isn't that a lot of work? Can you paint for us a picture of, you know, what was it like when you were doing, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the flips and more of the transactional work? And what was your day-to-day like then versus now with this portfolio of apartment buildings? What does your day-to-day look like now versus then? Oh, totally different. I was working like... <laughs> I was working way, way harder doing the flips yeah. and uh-huh. and doing the wholesales. And you, you know what? And truthfully, I mean, I could have made it more of a business by hiring on different type of staff members. I, I probably could have done it differently than the way how I did do it. But I worked a lot harder. Like I like when I was doing flips and stuff, I was in there managing trades, trying to make sure that everybody was into a project. I mean, if I hired a project manager, that probably would have helped, but it would have taken my margins down. Um, but I, I felt like I was working a lot harder um, at that time, probably like eight, 10 hours a day that I was doing that, then coming home and then being with my family and doing all, you know, going to baseball and hockey and all the different things that we do. But, um, you know, in my day to day, for example, I spent like 15 minutes talking to my EA, told her (laughs) these are my priority items. I went to lunch for about like three hours with some potential (laughs) investors. I went for a walk for about an hour in the morning and an Mm -hmm. hour in the afternoon. Um, you know, I talked to my my EA again just to catch up on what like what was done and what needs to be mm-hmm. done. Um, you know, talked to my property manager and said, "Was there any like items?" Another fifteen minutes, and then I hopped on this podcast with you. So this, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we're gonna go out for dinner. So it, totally, totally different. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is, and because I'm not like. You would be surprised, but with all the assets that I own, and you know, I'm at about 80 million in assets now um, that we have. Um, I I'm really I'm you know I'm in the background, but I have a lot of other people who are doing the day to day for me. Um, because when you scale to uh, to that level, all of a sudden it's just not possible for you to do everything yourself. And even if you did, you couldn't scale, you would never be able to get to that level, you could get to maybe like, you know, 80, 100 units yourself, but you know, you wouldn't have a life. Um, Mm -hmm. So so really, you, you have to create a business. And it's, it's much different than those other transactional pieces of being a flipper or a wholesaler. And don't get me wrong, like, like, those are okay for people to do but just remember what you're doing is transactional you're not creating wealth you're creating income and um, there's a big difference Um, I created income and it was great income but it's not wealth right um, if if I look at my portfolio today like we we probably do about 1.2 million in mortgage pay down every year like that's mortgage pay down that's nothing else right (laughs) Like I could, I can breathe and like my properties are getting paid down. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's probably like, you know, and, and that's something that 
you can't do when you're doing transactional stuff, right? It just, mm-hmm. unless you create a business around it, then really what you do is you, you just become self-employed. And it's really about getting to that in that cash flow quadrant, right? Like the, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's about getting from, from one side to the other, creating a business or being an investor, right? That's mm-hmm. why the, you know, the, that's why I was saying about the limited partnership, you can skip a whole bunch of steps yeah, if you, if you right. get into the limited partnership side, because yeah. even for myself, like uh, everything that I do, I focus on in Ontario in, in, in Canada, right? So that's, mm-hmm. that's all my portfolio, but I invest in the U S too. I have a few properties in the U S but in the U S I'm an investor. Like I do, I, I participate in limited partnerships because I, I understand real estate. I can do really good due diligence on GPs and, you know, I can, I can invest in different like markets. Um, and also I get to hedge against the Canadian economy, hedge against the Canadian dollar by, and, and so on the cash flow quadrant, I'm on the I side here, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, on the cash flow quadrant, I'm on the B side for, you, you know, up in, in Canada. So, but, but anybody can do this. Like I'm, I'm really not that special. Like I, I was, I was just a teacher. Like I was just a, like a dad, like everybody else, like who's a dad, like I'm not that special, but the thing is like, I was determined to do it. Uh, I know I don't, I'm not, my personality is I don't take no very well. Like I, I work hard to get to yes. Um, you know, I deal with lots of different like banks and, you know, um, different people from, you know, uh, municipalities, governments, you know, just trying to work to, to, to get to a yes. And, and, and that's what I, like, I focus on doing. And, and now I get to focus on relationships with people, which is Mm -hmm. something that I I enjoy the most, right? I I enjoy going for, for lunch and, you know, talking strategy, and maybe we do business together and and maybe we don't, right. But I'm very much aligned with, I know who my partner is. Like today I, I, had a great lunch with a really great couple of guys, but there we're looking for developers and I'm not a developer, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I am very focused on repositioning existing assets. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. And a developer is somebody else. And, you know, that's okay. I, I, we, maybe we could have done like, you know, a 15 million deal together, but that's not what I do. And I'm not going to change right. what I do mm-hmm. to make myself pretty for this particular person, right? Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to know your lane and that's, that's where the riches are is in the niches. And if you keep moving around and you're doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that, which I've seen a lot of people do, then you're never going to get deep enough to really get to where that opportunity is. Um, So I wanted to dig into that three-hour lunch more uh, with the the investors. And I know you mentioned before that you, um, on many of these apartment deals, you're doing um, joint ventures. So tell us a little bit more about the structure there. Are you raising capital for these deals or do you have passive investors for your own deals? How does that all work? Yeah, I think like in total, I've probably put $5,000 into like our entire portfolio. Um, the, the way that we initially generated the, um, the uh, down payments was through a home equity line of credit from our principal mm-hmm. residence at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. And we put 5,000, actually my, my wife still reminds me of the $5,000 sometimes, <laughs> but it's funny. It's more of a joke than anything, but it's, it's <laughs> but, um, and, and then, 
uh, from about 2009 on, I've been working with partners. So mm-hmm. I had partners at the very beginning, they were taking advantage of our strategy, the Burr strategy that we were doing back in 2009. And some of the part, actually all of those partners now are still invested with us in apartment buildings. And mm-hmm. um, so we use a, a very similar strategy to a syndication but all we're doing is we're and it is a syndication we have a corporation and the corporation mm-hmm. owns the asset and it, mm-hmm. within the corporation we own uh 50% of the corporation the shares of the corporation and we will sell the other 50% to our money partners and the money partners will bring the full 50% uh, all the funds to the project i may contribute you know 50,000 or 100,000 or something like that but the majority will come the you know two three million will come from our our partners and you know you may think wow they're putting all the money and you know and you're getting 50 percent and i say well you know what you wouldn't have been able to find this apartment building you wouldn't be able to transition it like i'm able to do i've got you know 17 years experience in doing this i can tell you that i i i know who to call. I know how to call them. I know what to do. And I have the the track record. I've gone full cycle on, you know, dozens of projects. So I can, I, I have that background to be able to do that. I, I never offer a preferred return to anybody on anything, but uh, I'll give you an example. We closed on uh, 202 units at the end of July. So it was a big uh, seven apartment building deal. So that one was a really cool deal. But uh, when we bought it, we bought it at a cap rate of like five and a quarter. And we are actually, the way that we need to do it is we had to do a quick close. So we've got um, bridge financing into longer term debt. And so that bridge financing is great. So, so, you know, I'm happy with it. We've got a VTB component to it. But um, with our long-term lender, the long-term lender, so I, we bought it at a 5.25 cap rate. Our long-term lender is going to lend to us at a 4.5 cap rate. So that wow. means that we're going to have, you know, an additional few million dollars yeah. that, that right on mm-hmm. that, on that, on that deal. So that means that my partners are basically going to get back a 30% return in like wow. months in months. Wow. So if you can do that, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's so right. That, that's what, and, and then, and then, yeah. Okay. Well, where do I sign? <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're creating a win-win for yeah. everybody. You win, you're leveraging your expertise and they're leveraging you and your connections, and then you're leveraging them and their capital. And so all around, it seems like everybody's getting what they want out of it. And everybody walks away, including the, the residents, the tenants of those apartment buildings, they're getting uh, the benefit of your expertise and coming in and, uh, you know, maximizing the efficiencies there and also renovating the units and uh, making the whole place look a little bit nicer and be a little bit more comfortable and a better place, uh, cleaner place to live. Um, so that's fantastic. Well, uh, Quentin, it sounds like you have done a phenomenal job. You've grown this incredible business and this portfolio all while all while raising your family and 
uh, building this life by design and creating this financial freedom and this legacy and this wealth for your family as well. And so I'm sure our listeners are going to want to dig in and learn a little bit more, maybe connect with you, pick your brain about um, what you're doing in your business and how they can get involved either, um, uh, you know, just talking to you as an associate or, you know, perhaps investing alongside you. And so what's the best place that they can go to learn more or to connect with you? So um, if you, I've got four books on Amazon. So if you want to grab one of those books, that would be great. Uh, the latest which, book is- Which one should they start with if they were to start with one? Oh, uh, the Action Takers Real Estate Investing Planner is a great book okay. that- um, great. I used to do coaching. I, I don't do any coaching anymore. Um, it's just not a, a, a great use of my time. But um, I put all of my coaching material that I was that I worked with my students with into that book. So the Action Taker Real Estate Investing Planner. Um, if you want to connect with me on Instagram or Twitter, it's a Qman REI. Um, if you want to email me, it's uh, Quentin, Q-U-E-N-T-I-N at getrealwealthy.com. I'm working on a part podcast, so getrealwealthy.com will be that podcast whenever I, I get it together. Um, uh, and then, um, you know, if you if you really want to, you can always like I'm, I'm on social media, like so like. Instagram is probably the easiest one to get a hold of me or Facebook to just check out my name and, you know, connect with me. All right. Well, you heard him. Go grab a copy of one of many of Quentin's books. Well, Quentin, thank you so much for being here with us and our listeners. To all of our listeners, be sure to follow up with Quentin to learn more. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. If you are a real estate investor or syndicator who would like to be on this podcast, please visit syndicationspotlight.com and please also join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can connect with you and learn more about you. And if you got something out of this episode, we'd love it if you could subscribe to this show and give us a rating and review. We promise to read your feedback and take action to continue to make this show even better and more valuable for the real estate syndication community. My name is Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the real estate syndication spotlight community.